You're listening to a session of Come Celebrate, hosted by the Bay Christian Family Church. This morning, I want to speak to you about doing life together. Isn't that fun? We, do, we get to do life together as a, as a family. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles at Luke 23. Yes. We're a word church. Verse 55 says, The woman who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb, and now his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they, start, they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. What I want to ask you this morning is, how is your support system? What is your support system like? We were never intended to go through life alone. Never. We should have, we each should have an arsenal of friends that we can just reach for in time of trouble that will be there for us to support anything that we need to go through in any situation. So I want to ask us, what is your support system like? Do you know what your support system is like? Because of the pandemic, loneliness reached epic proportions. It caused an, a health epidemic. Not only, I'm not only now talking about depression, anxiety, suicide, which are at all-time highs, which we have heard, but I'm also talking about cardiovascular issues, problems with sleep deprivation, premature deaths, and being, this is all being directly linked to loneliness. People are feeling lonely because of what the way we lived through a lockdown. So they're not actually sure who is there for them. What's strange about this is that we live in a world where there is so much communication going on. And yet the more communication we've had, the less we seem to understand the communication. I don't actually know what's going on with that because there is so much around us. But I want you to take a look at your support system this morning. And the reason that this is so important is because while we, not, while we may not get to choose what we go through, we do get to choose who we go through it with. Amen? As I'm playing tennis, life is not a game of tennis. Okay? Do you know, let me just get this right, in a championship tennis match, it's against the rules to be coached during that tennis match. You are on your own on that court. Um, Serena Williams actually got a penalty for being coached once on, on the court. In a championship, you have to encourage yourself. You have to push yourself. You have to correct yourself. 
You have to read your opponent correctly to know what to do in a tennis match. You are alone, solo. Who wants to do that in life? And I think that at the moment, the way we're living is we are living in a solo mode, just going through life alone, doing things alone, struggling alone. It's something we didn't expect happens to us, like maybe a child is struggling at school, or you, your marriage is starting to, to crumble, or you've lost your job. Often we, our immediate response, family, is, you know what? Let's keep this a secret. Let's not tell anyone. Okay, let's keep it to ourselves. No one needs to know. We fight alone. Things that, if I admit that I need help, maybe we think people think we are, we are weak. But that's not, that's not the point. That is not about keeping things to yourself. Maybe we think people will think less of me if I tell them what my problems are. We are meant to be like fighters. What has a fighter got, family? In a boxing match or an MMA fight, what has a fighter got? A fighter has a corner. So when they're in a fight and they're kicking and they're hitting each other and they're all bloody, not that I know much of that, I'm a girl, I'm a girl's girl and I do girl sports, well I do CrossFit, it's not too girly, hey, anyhow, anywho, getting off the subject, they go, when the bell goes, they go to their corner and what happens in that corner? In that corner, you have people who is dressing your wounds, cleaning the blood, giving you water, encouraging you. Who's, who's ever seen a Rocky movie? Well, there were so many. Okay? So when Rocky would go to his corner, he'd get water, he'd get encouragement, he'd get all cleaned up, and then they'd say to him, okay, now, this is where your opponent is weak. This is where you need to hit him hard. Hit him hard there, punch him there, punch him in the stomach, punch him on the sides, you can get him down. Sounds terrible. <laughs> but you've got someone giving you feedback. So you're not meant to do this alone, you're meant to have a corner that you can go back to. So let's get back to the woman at the tomb. All these women who were at the tomb. Who were they? It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, and maybe a few others whose names weren't actually mentioned. Who were these women? And think about why were these women there? Why were they at the tomb? Let me just get to my place. Why did the angel appear to them first? Were they together by chance or were they together by choice? Did you ever think about that? I know that the scripture is about a resurrect, the resurrection of Christ, but all four of the Gospels give us details about these women. And I think that they are really important lessons 
that you can learn from these women. Now, as men sitting here, please do me a favor, don't switch off. This is not a women's meeting or a women's conference. We can all learn things from each other. We learn things from men all the time. And men can learn things from women all the time. Amen. All the time. <laughs> so who are you going through life with? Are you going through it with the wrong people? Or are you going through it alone? Do you have the support systems to get you through a tough time because you're either going into a storm or you are in a storm or you're coming out of a storm, which is what we are always told by ministers, right? Right? Situations and trouble is part of life. Life happens. But God has given us many, many beautiful gifts in this life. And one of these gifts is the gift of friendship and relationships. And I think that's amazing. But friendships can be messy and they can be complicated, right? And we all, I think we've all been through those, those kind of situations. But if we're going to do life alone and we feel like something is missing, that's because it is. God is our provider and he meets all our needs, right? Every need. But have you ever stopped to think about the many ways that he has provided for you through other people? Whether it was encouragement, resources, an ear, to listen to, a wise word said in a moment that you needed, pray. God has provided those through people. I'll never forget speaking to Pastor Bev once, and she said to me, you know, Janine, it was early, early on in ministry, she said, Janine, you know, I don't look to the left, I don't look to the right, I look up, because that's where my help comes from. And I've always used that in my life. You don't look to the left, don't look to the right, you look up because that is where my help comes from. Amen. So I want to challenge us today to examine our support systems. And I want to give you a framework that you can work with that will give you a solid support system to show you what a support system should look like. Number one is that your support system must be based on the right thing. Must be based on the right thing. Let's go to Luke 23.55 again. The woman who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. So the resurrection takes place in Jerusalem where Jesus was crucified, and these women came all the way from Galilee. Now often, when we read the Bible, we can just go into auto mode, and we forget about the geography of the matters and the, the distances and the, the intricacies of what we're reading. So, okay, these women came from Galilee, they went to Jerusalem. So where is Galilee? How far is Galilee from Jerusalem? Okay, so I googled for you. Galilee is about 122 kilometers from Jerusalem. 
And these women came all the way from Galilee to Jerusalem. And they didn't have a car or a plane. They walked there. 122 kilometers. Do you think they were serious about their Jesus? Do you think they loved their Jesus? 122 kilometers. Google said that a determined person can get from Galilee to Jerusalem in six days. That's a determined person. My woman who are all the way through, stopping to have their little tea, doing whatever. Serious woman, a serious person who takes six days. They were serious followers of Jesus. And they were brought together by Jesus. They loved him so much that they were willing to take a whole week to walk to where he was. Little did they know, though, that their journey was about to take a very, very serious turn. These women were not only women that Jesus had touched while they were with him. He also discipled them. So they wanted to be with him. When you look at your support system, look at every person in your life and identify one thing that brought you together. It doesn't have to be a whole lot of things. could be the woman that your, your kids are at school with. It could be somebody that you go to university with. Could be somebody that you work with. It could be girls that you go to gym with. I have a great support system that we go to gym together. It's a half past 10 class. And we have a backup system to get each other there, to make sure that we go. Right? We phone each other. We say, yes, we should be going. Let's get there. I encourage them to say, listen, girls, we're not messing around our time or our coach's time because he's prepared for us. We are going to be there at half past 10 three times a week, and this is how it's done. So that is a great support system. You have some kind of connection with your support system. Amen. But if you want to have a support system that's going to help, you want to have a support system that's going to help you on your faith journey, then you have to have somebody with you that where their faith is based on the same thing that you are believing in. Am I right? It doesn't necessarily have to be in church, although that's also a great place to start because here in this situation, we've all been through things and we're here for a single reason. Amen. What I'm trying to get to you to think about today is that you need to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, who are growing in their relationships with God, who are not stagnant. They must be growing, and therefore they can help you grow to another place. People who will help you find the answers that you need from the right sources. 
Your support system needs to be based on the right thing, as I said. Number two, it needs to be formed before you hit a crisis, just like your faith. You have to build your faith. You cannot build your faith when you are in a crisis. It needs to be built way before that, right? So you need to constantly be in the Word. So, so as your support system, it needs to be built before you hit the crisis so that you know these people are there to support you. Let's go to Luke 8 verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and so were these women. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons came out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Wow. So, these are just not your ordinary, ordinary women. They were helping to support Jesus' ministry, as well as being discipled by Jesus with the disciples. When Luke first introduces us to these women there in Galilee, and he tells us that what brought them together is the fact that they were all healed. So they had that in common. They were all healed. That's what they had in common. Like we have in this congregation. We all came here to seeking Jesus, who had something for each of us to put into our lives. And they were women of means, and they were supporting Jesus' ministry. And they were doing life together. But they had no idea of how dark their trip was going to get, unfortunately. Because their Jesus, their Savior, this man that they loved, this man that they were supporting, had died. So they were together in a foreign city. They were heartbroken because their Savior was dead, but they were together. Let's read Luke 23, 55 and 56 again, and I'm going to continue to 24. Okay. The woman who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how it was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. They rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandments. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But they had entered, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. 
they remembered what Jesus had said. That he would be crucified, but they stayed together. Have you ever seen how people can instinctively band together in times of crisis? And that is an amazing thing. Um, I must ask something here, though, and it's not about a diss against men. But these women were together. Where were the disciples? Peter was there. Um, they were all over the place. They had disbanded. But the women were together. Yes, ladies. <laughs> the men weren't scared, though. When we're together with people that you trust, then you can experience collective courage from each other. It's like a gang. You can actually glean faith from each other. Use that person's faith to strengthen yourself. Strengthening each other, in other words. Being together. These women could have been, should have been, and probably were fearing for their lives because they had killed Jesus. So what was going to stop them from taking them as well? They were followers of Jesus. But these women, what did they do? They kicked into Operation Give Jesus a Proper Burial Mode. That's what they were going to do. Hey, they were amazing. And I'm just imagining in today's terms, what would have happened? So I think maybe Mary Magdalene would have started a prayer chain. Um, Joanna started a group to feed everyone. So everybody would have been fed. Salome probably sold Deterra. So she was going to be in charge of all the spices, Right? Mary, the mother of James, was in charge of taking note of where the body was. So she did the GPS, which most women can't do. So they trusted her to do the GPS to find the body again because they had to come back. So they had it down, guys. It's a beautiful sight to see a group of people who rally together in time of crisis. It happens. And these women were grieving, but they got the job done. They were there to get the job done, even at the risk of their own lives. Let's go to Luke 4. Uh, sorry, Luke 24, verse 2 to 8. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering about, this suddenly, this suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down and their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee. He told them, and now they are remembering. And... Through the years of ministry, I've come to realize that when you surround yourself with the right people, 
even in the quiet times and in the little times of your day, God talks to you all the time. There are ways that God will talk to you. In your quiet time, God will talk to you. When you are reading your word, God will talk to you. But God also uses people to talk to you. Constantly. So if you are just aware and listening, your friends and your family will be saying little things. And it's actually from God telling you to do this or do that. How many times have I been around friends and they've said, Pastor Janine, you really well. My pastor's wives, you need to write a book. You've been through so much. And I know I do. And it's happening. And I have a friend, Pastor Danny, who makes time for me once a week, although I haven't seen him in two months. So, <laughs> well, it'll start again. <laughs> Time for me <laughs> to come and sit with him to write down because we want to catch what's up here and what's in here before it goes away because of everything that I've been through so that we can pass it on to others. Amen. I, it will happen, Pastor Danny. See my PA, make an appointment. <laughs> so you should be listening. Um, friends help you. They encourage you. I remember speaking, crying when Michaela was at school. Sorry, babes, I have to use your name. She was my middle child and she hated school and she just did so terribly that we never thought she was going to ever get through school. And I would cry about it and my friends would say, don't worry, it's okay, this too shall pass. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Pastor Alan and I were determined that this too shall pass. Because we told her, whether you are 42 and still sitting in that class, you are going to matriculate. And she did. <laughs> Not at 42, but she did. And you know what? Now she's so confident she's running the entire king, kingdom kids all on her own. Hallelujah. <laughs> so that's what friendships are for. But we can also have dead spaces in some friendships. And that's not a good thing. Places that harm our relationships rather than help them. And one of those dead spaces is comparison. And these days we can so easily compare just because of in social media. Instagram, good example. We look at that and see how this mother is so perfect with her children. Going through school, everything's wonderful and rosy, but actually in the background, that's I must take my hat off to my daughter. She, I mean, everybody knows Noah, he's famous, right? But she will, some of the time, post, you know, the reality of what's actually going on in the background. He is throwing his toys out the cart and he doesn't always want to do what she wants him to do. It's not always so perfect, but we look at this and we compare ourselves. How does she look? What is she wearing? What is she cooking? What is she doing? Or he. <laughs> Men don't do that a lot. <laughs> but we shouldn't. And what happens after comparison? We start to compete. And then we're comparing and we're competing. Then we get so tired that we just check out. And that is a very bad dead space. Okay, dead is dead, but that is a dead space to be in. We don't want to check out. 
Don't play those games. There is a risk in having a relationship. Is there a risk in, in having a relationship with someone? Yes, there is. But you know what? Maybe you're at a place where you're, you say, I've been hurt so much. You know, my husband and my wife, they're just going to have to do for me. That's enough for me. Or I'm just going to bury myself in my children's lives. Or I'm just going to go after my job. Because I've been so hurt with relationships, I don't want to have any relationships anymore. But if you build your support system correctly, the reward is so much greater than the risk. Amen. It's worth it. Your support system, number three, must be founded on honesty. 1 John 1 verse 5 to 7. And I have 20 seconds left. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. We need to walk in the light. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So if we walk in the light, we have fellowship. So whatever, don't stop keeping things in the dark. Stop keeping things secret. You know, shame like mold grows in the dark. Don't go there, family. When you bring your situations out into the light, you can help people. Where everybody knew when I was going through what I was going through, when I was going through it. When I had to be walked down here because I couldn't even, couldn't even walk. Some people had to carry me to sit me down. It wasn't in the dark. Everybody knew I had COVID. And then after that, I could testify about COVID and how I came through it. And then people got help through that. So many people said, I heard Pastor Janine's testimony, and that's what she did. And you know what? It gave me the courage, not necessarily through sickness. It could have been anything, but that helped me get through. So when you bring your life into the light with the right people around you, I can guarantee you, you will not only find love, but you will also find hope, and you will find help, and you will find fellowship. Amen. God is so good. John Maxwell's law of communication in the 17 indisputable laws of teamwork says, the interaction says, interaction fuels action. Listen to this. If a group of people want to be successful working together, they need to keep talking to one another to they need to tell each other what they're doing, describing what's working and what's not. They continually inform, warn, and assist one another. Sharing information helps everyone learn, adapt, and improve. That is a great leadership tip right there. Pastors, pass that on to your leaders. So if we surround ourselves with the right people, our relationships will deepen with honesty. And they will grow stronger. Amen. We are, at the end of the day, stronger together. The work, I want to say this to you today. The work that God wants to do in your life in this season 
is directly connected to the people who are in your life. Let that sink in. I am passionate about discipleship. I would like to walk up to any one of you here in this church and say, who are you discipling? And who is discipling you? Each one should reach one. Pastor Adam and I disciple people. My children are all discipled by people. It's very important. What did Jesus do? Jesus didn't walk around with a laptop and have systems and say, okay, is your name in here? And where do you fit in? And how do we fit you in? No, it wasn't a system. Discipleship is not a system. Discipleship is fellowship. Discipleship is relationship. And that is what I want you all to have here in this ministry is relationship and fellowship with each other so that we are there for each other. No one in this congregation should have to feel lonely. Look how many of you are here. And there's more of you that aren't even here today. So let's change this situation. Each one must reach one. Each one must have a disciple. Each one must be, must be discipling. Amen. So if you are not, and I'm not calling it a system because it's not a system, but if you do not have somebody discipling you and you want to be discipled, go to your area pastor and ask them to put you in that kind of relationship, to have that fellowship. Because it's, it's a God thing. Jesus discipled people. And that is what we need to be doing. That is how you grow a church. That is how you grow with fellowship. That is how you love people. Because at the end of the day, people just want to feel loved. Amen. Family, I love you. Fellowship. Relationship. That is what it's all about. Look what those women did. They walked six days to be with a man that discipled them, to bury the man that discipled them, to do what was the right thing to do. Amen. Thank you for listening to this session of Come Celebrate. We hope you enjoyed.